Hello, 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 hello. Who we got here then? Here we go. It's episode number 20. Satin can't be bothered to count, but our viewers probably can guess this is an Australian accent. Probably a horrible oh, one. Is that what you were going for? Jesus Christ. No, I was going for English. <laughs> hello, hello, doing? hello here, mate. What's going on? Let's just start off off the cuff. Yeah, off the cuff, how's no it, preparation, going, no prep time, anti-Batman vibes. You get me. That, how's how's it, your week been? I've been sweating my bollocks off, mate. I'll tell you that much. Proper. Proper. <laughs> it's been proper hot, bro. It's insane. It's been ridiculous. The weather's been ridiculous. It's been raining and hot all within, within like the span of two days. It's, this weather, you know England, yeah? England is, uh, is a magical place. One day, like this weekend, two days of, of bloody like heat off the sun, and then you get like one night of rain, and then we're back again. It's a roller coaster ride. Living here, yeah, is, is just a mazine, and it doesn't make any sense. And for our American viewers, you lot are lucky, man. At least you have some consistent weather. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know, I know a few of you live in Florida. King of segues here. King of segues mm, here. Mm. Now that you've mentioned our viewers, uh, whoever the poor soul is that downloaded 40 episodes of our podcast in one scene, uh, thank you, first of all. But secondly, please seek help because even I don't want to hear myself talk for 40 episodes. So I don't know what happened there, but um, shout out you, innit? What can I say? Mm-hmm. How does shout it make you, you feel, out. Aaron? How does it make you feel? Uh, it makes me feel kind of violated, Steve. If I'm being honest with you, because uh, <laughs> forty episodes in one go is a bit is a bit crazy. Um, it's a bit crazy. But hey, hey, I guess that means we've got some. You know what's what's strange? I actually need mm. to figure this out. So I googled verbal reasoning podcast, right? Yeah. And in the suggestions, it came up with um, people also search for interesting podcasts to listen to, and what's a good podcast to listen to. You so, see. I guess I guess the algorithm is slowly working in our favor. You know, it only had two suggestions at the moment, but you know, still, still, we'll take it. We'll take it. Mm-mm. I mean, that's all positive connotations. You know what I mean? They're searching some good stuff. Obviously, what we deserve, because the viewers know that we're sophisticated. You get me? I, I can't really say that. See me? All. I am very sophisticated. Yeah, yeah. Intelligent, Sh- intelligent. Sh- Should I tell nice. you when I knew I wasn't sophisticated though? Yeah, go on. So um, somebody asked me what's your favorite dessert. And I just went peanut M&M's and the whole room started to laugh. And they were like, you're so working class. And I said, oh, okay, nice. <laughs> I mean, peanut M&M's, bang. Bro, peanut I'm, M&M's, I'm, bang. I, the, in my head, I just thought that like, they just meant like what kind of chocolate, right? But it was a fancy, by the way, I should have probably, probably prefaced this by saying it was a very mm. fancy meal. Um, mm-hmm. And they were like people who had, you know, were friends with the queen and shit were there. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, yeah. No, this is back in, back in the day when I had uh, a few more connections. But uh, they, yeah, they asked me what's your favorite dessert and i think everybody else was thinking more along the lines of like caviar or something but uh yeah i just mm. dropped peanut m&ms and i just knew it's high society life it's, it's not for me if i'm being Bro, honest it's not for us i think we'll get kicked straight out but you know what here's a real question this separates mm. from the the boys from the men do you know what i mean peanut mm. m and uh, which ones are better the original peanut m&ms or the crunchy ones bro should i tell you something if you like the crunchy ones you are a delinquent Oh, there's God. no way there's no way that you're telling me the crunchy M&M's are better than the peanut ones the, the crunchy ones belong in the bin and you too oh, if you I, eat the you crunchy ones you belong in the like bin them. I don't like them period Mm-mm. like it's not even like oh yeah I'll have them but if there's a peanut one I'll prefer it like I just straight up do not like it Mm-mm. no I'm feeling no, it I'm, speaking I'm of it rank, rank your top top five chocolates top five you know what num- what's number one it has to be the one and only Snickers bar. Do you know what I mean? Big up Snickers. They got everything in there. A bit of chocolate. Some some nice little nuts in there, mate. Do you know what I mean? A little I bit mean, of uh, nougat. That's the top one. Number one. Okay, I don't know why you're ca- continuing with that accent, <laughs> but carry on. Carry on, yeah. I'm I mean, I don't agree, but carry on. Right, carry let me on. carry on. Number top two. Five, yeah. We've got to go with a good old Ferrero Rocher. Do you know what I mean? A little bit of class. Not too expensive. But do you real nice? Nah, you forgot your roots for real. You forgot your roots for real. I said, "Master for a rush, that's a rich man's chocolate right there." Come on, bro. You know, know, in our in our our little community, when someone dies, you gotta go over to their house and like you know wish them well after the like funeral and everything. Mm -mm -mm. Like on a separate occasion, you have to go. And in my head, I've associated two things with like death. (laughs) <laughs> one is Ferrero Rocher's and the other one's Celebrations Box. Whenever I see a Celebrations Box, I'm like, because you have to take over like a, a sort of a sweet thing with you. Yeah, yeah. 
So I've just associated Ferrero Rocher's and celebration boxes with death. So it's not in my top five at all, but yeah, carry on. So of all these times I bought you Ferrero Rocher's for your family, you never told me, you know what, Steve, this one's for, like in our culture, it's for funerals. You just let me I mean, No, no, the them. thing is, in our culture, Ferrero Rocher's aren't for funerals. You're supposed to take like something along with you, but it's just because, you know, they usually do them like deals where they say like two for two for a tenner or one for seven pound fifty or whatever, like mm-hmm. with Ferrero Rocher. I just feel like whenever we have to go take something to someone, we always take one of those. So that's why it's been stuck in my head. But right, right. I mean, it was nice of you, but me personally, I couldn't have it because I've just made that assumption in my head. But um, <laughs> All right, let me on. move on to number three. One? They got number three. It has to be man. You, you, it just has to be the Kinder Buenos. Kinder Buenos are delicious, man. Kinder Buenos are delicious. Know. I like those, but yeah, carry on. The one four and five, the, the small one, the baby milk ones. Number number four is the lime bar, because that's just a classic. And number five, why is number five? Number five, it has to be um, uh, what are they called. It has to be. I don't. Want, <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna go with uh, what we said originally. Um, what we spoke about at the at the very start. I don't know if it counts as a chocolate bar, but peanut M and M's bang. So I'll put that as number five. Okay. 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 Uh, what about you? Well, you know what? Let I, me switch it around. Yeah. Five worst chocolates. All right. Let me give my five favorites here because I feel like I thought about that now while you're talking about your best. And then you can give your worst and I'll give All my right, worst. Yeah. All right. So, fifth, I'm going to start from five to one and make it a bit more enticing. So, number five, I'm going to have to go with. Oh, I. I mm, okay. I'm going to go peanut MMs as well. I'm going to put them fifth. Yeah. Solid fifth. Decent, decent chocolate. I like them. Solid. You got to put an accent on while you're doing this, by the way. Uh, definitely not. Uh, fourth is fourth is gonna be dime. I really like a dime chocolate. You're 100 Turkish. You know who Turks are not. You man what? love dime. What's excuse wrong? Me, with I'm you? not. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me, sir. Don't try to erase my culture. I'm Kurdish. Okay, first of all, <laughs> and secondly, dime bangs, bro. What's your problem with dime, bro? You man all eat dime. What is it about dime? Tell me what about your culture. Explain. Matter what about your culture? What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're culturally we're you know yeah we're on the on the fourth night of every every month we we circle around the dime chocolate. Okay, <laughs> that, okay thank you. That's the story <laughs> I want. Yeah, right, let's go. Yeah. Let's go up. Fourth yeah. is dime. All right, third. Um, you know I like Milka, uh, the one with um, like the, the nut ones with nuts in it. Oh yeah, yeah they're, they're any any variation, hazelnut, peanut, whatever. I don't mm-hmm. care. Like, I like those. Uh, second, I'm gonna have to go for. You know what? I'm gonna go a bit upper class. I'm gonna go go a bit go a bit rich boy with this one as well. Yeah. Mm. Raffaello's. Well, that's too upper class for me. I can't lie. I think you passed. Raffaello's are better than Ferrero Rocher's. I tell you that. No, much. no, no. You passed the line. That's too much. That, that's like. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm that's like I, I have I have dreadlocks and I live in a five bedroom house. That's too much. Oh, you're saying that I'm pretending to be poor, but I'm actually rich. Exactly. Yeah. You want to? Oh, know. okay. Yeah. You, I live in Camden. You didn't know that I'm about edgy. me. You didn't know. That. Do you know what I mean? Hey, the house in Edmonton. That's my second house, by the way. Yeah. That, they, they, you're bugging <laughs> out. No, no. So, okay. My first one. See, the thing is, I, I'm in two minds about the first one. So I'll give you, I'll give you two that I've got in mind. Mm. So one is Milky Way buttons, chocolate buttons. I love those. You're a tramp. Okay. Yeah, go on, continue. Bro, one pound share is share is pack. Mm-hmm. You're sweet. Yeah. But my other favorite might be a bit controversial here. Didn't used to like this that much when I was a kid, but now as an adult, I love it. I don't know if it's my, my taste buds have changed or whatever. Twix. Mm. Mm. Twix, Twix is nice, bro. It's not, it's not heavy. It's not like a really heavy chocolate. It's more of a, I don't even mm. know if you'd call it more of a biscuit than anything. Yeah, it's kind of like a biscuit, isn't it? It's kind of it's like a, a biscuit, one. isn't it? Yeah. So I, I will say the Milky Way thing for now, but I will put like an asterisk next to next to the Twix and say if it is a chocolate, if it is considered a chocolate, then mm. that would be my first one. I mean, if you've got peanut M&Ms there, I think it's considered a chocolate at that point. Yeah, to be fair, right? That's that's basically chocolate-covered peanuts at that point. Yeah, so like, if on. we consider... Okay, so Twix was my number one. Milky Way is my second. I might have to knock off the peanut M&Ms then. All right, all right. So there we go. You've got yeah. your list. Now right. I'll top, be thinking top five about worse, yeah. Well, maybe not top five worst, but let's pick out one or two worst ones. Okay, go for on. me, the number one worst chocolate. And if you eat this, you are an animal. Please <laughs> unsubscribe. Yeah, Mars yeah, okay. bars. 
bruv mars bars bro are like you know what disgusting bruv no no you know what like, i don't like mars bars but you know which one i thought you were gonna say and i was gonna be 100 percent behind you <laughs> which one yes come on you if it's not mars bar, what's the other one after eights bro what you don't like after eights bro they're, they're they're disgusting they're nice what the hell <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, so if it's not mars bar i don't know what so, so what were you gonna think then Bro, Turkish Delight. You know the Cadbury Turkish Delight one? Oh, disgusting, bro. Bro, it's so bad. Do you know the Lion Richard Wardrobe? My man sold out his whole family for a Turkish Delight. That is ridiculous. That is disgusting. It's the worst. <laughs> bro, how, <laughs> he sold out his whole family for that disgusting piece of... I'm going to bleep this. Do you know what I mean? Like, bro, what you know what's hell? mad? You know what's mad, though? Lokum, yeah, which is what these lot call Turkish Delight. Yeah, yeah. There's variations of it that I love. I think they taste amazing. Mm. But that particular chocolate, the one that is just, I don't know what that is meant to be, mm. covered with like a thin layer of chocolate. Mm. It is disgusting. It's the worst. It is the worst. It's you know actually what? the worst one. I swear to God, it's butters. It actually trumped the Mars bar. I mean, Mars bar is disgusting. Like it's just, just, oh my God. Bro, I'd rather eat dog food than the Mars bar. <laughs> I'm not even kidding, man. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie, yeah. I don't, I don't like Mars Bar, but I don't hate it with as much passion as you do. If I'm being honest with you, bro, it's always you know in a celebration box, always a last. Like, one. Yeah, it always gets left. Always the last. One. What's your even bounties? Bounty? You know what? I'll eat a bounty. I like bounties, bro. I like bounties as well. Thank you. Uh, but bounties get too much crud. Bounties get too much crud. I'm sorry. Do you know what bounties have become? They're the they're the one that is popular to hate. Mm, I feel like mm, someone on Twitter or on Instagram or something just made a joke about it, and now everyone feels like they have to say they dislike it. You know what Bounty is? Bounty is Spider-Man 3. At the time, everyone disrespected it. But now you look back in time, you're like, you know what? At least they were brave enough to try something new. Yeah. Perhaps I was too harsh on you. That's what, that's what you think when exactly. you're a kid and you don't want to eat. And then you grow up. And like I said, your taste buds change a little bit. Mm. And like how you might not have fully, uh, you know, respected the Twix before. A similar situation where you're just like, actually, you know what? The Bounty ain't bad. I don't accept Bounty Slander. I'm going to be honest with you. I think it's a, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a top-notch chocolate. I think it's a top-notch one, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, actually, to be fair, like, look, I like Bounty and I like uh, Raffaello, so I'm being consistent with it. They both got a bit mm. of, what, coconut on it, so... But Raffaello is a different... <laughs> I can't lie, that's a different category for me. You're way too upper class, Aaron. Bro, Raffaello's are so nice, man. Yo, you know I'm, I'm actually kind of making myself hungry by You know what, you know what? For the American viewers, because we know we've got a lot of you American listeners, what do you think of Reese's Pieces, Aaron? But you know what? I don't think I've actually had them. No way. But you know Come what on, I have man. had, which is an American one. Go on. um, I've had the Hershey's. And can I say something Hershey's. real quick? Mm, go on. It's disgusting. <laughs> 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 Bro, American chocolate is butters. And I and I watched them. Um, I watched mm. this episode of uh, QI. It was like a circulating clip, and they basically explained that in America. Uh, the way that, you know, because it's such a big country, right? When you have like uh, your cows one place and you get the milk and you have to transport it to another location to actually turn it into chocolate. Yeah. Right. It, the transportation thing in the back in the day took so long that the milk would go off unless I think they either dried it or they added some chemical to it or whatever. And then they had to like rehydrate it. When oh, they was like it powdered milk. Mm. Yeah. So they've, they've done something to it. Right. Which made it taste in- incredibly bitter. Right. But eventually when, you know, the transport systems improved and they could actually get it from point A to point B with, without using the thing, the American public had grown so used to the bitter taste of chocolate that they they just decided to keep adding the, the chemical in there. Mm-mm. And so that's why American chocolate to us, you like in Europe, tastes right, very like off. Because I remember growing up and I would always see like Hershey's chocolates and people like the cartoon characters or TV show characters or whatever. They'd be like, oh God, Hershey's chocolate. And they're like, love it up. So the first time I had it, I was like, this is disgusting. What is this? No, I agree. I, I don't like uh, American chocolate. I think it's like pretty substandard. Mm. I mean, they're really missing out. But I, I give you something, though. The, yeah. um, what they call the ones, I, uh, Reese's Pieces. That's a genius idea, what they just did. What you did there, Americans. I uh, give you a medal for that one. What, Putting what, peanut what butter do? stuff. They put like peanut, peanut butter or something in the middle. So it comes like, a, it's like a cupcake. And in the middle, they've got like peanut butter. Oh yeah, yeah, no, I have had those. Yeah, is those they slap. Is? Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah they, they those slap. are nice. I'll give them that. Those are nice, but I think, but the chocolate in that doesn't taste like Hershey's chocolate. So I don't know if all chocolates in mm. America taste like Hershey's chocolates, or if that one uses European chocolate because it's in Europe. Mm, and I'm to be not fair, sure, to be fair, M and M's I think are American as well. So oh, M and M's American. Okay, maybe, maybe it's just Hershey's that are 
Or is it just because Hershey's are actually imported in from America rather than made here? Because they taste off, bro. I had a Hershey's once. They're pretty horrible. <laughs> bro, it was horrible. I did not yeah. like, I was like, how is this even a, even a chocolate that people have? I have no idea. But let's segue off into some some educational stuff. As yeah, we so the war did. in Yemen. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It's a bit, it'll, be a bit way off, it'll be way off base if we start talking about it. Guys, I, I know for a while we've been talking about some serious topics. So I've got some lighthearted ones for today. Um, yeah. So NASA is ready mm. to launch baby squids into the International Space Station. That sounds crazy. So I'm looking at the picture. These babies are cute as fuck. About 128 baby, boob- <laughs> they're called bobtail squids. I mean, how much okay. cuter? That, that's they cute. That's pretty cute. cute. I can't like. They send the cutest squids to space. Why? Send those ugly ones. Bro, did you watch uh, Watchmen? Oh, yeah, yeah. In Watchmen, uh, the TV show, so not the movie one, but in the TV show that they made, um, they I don't know if this is like accurate to the comic. I think this is the comic accurate version. But Ozymandias, he he releases a giant squid onto New York oh, yeah. instead instead of in the movie where they had like the big explosion. They have like a giant mm. squid, and so everyone was commenting that basically this is how you end up with a giant squid falling on you from space. And I have to be honest with you, what is the plan with these with these squids? I'm not too so, sure. Mm-mm. So we all know there's like giant squids that exist in the ocean, but uh, these are baby squids at the moment, and they've also got microscopic animals. And the but idea how, is, how big do these grow, and are these microscopic themselves? No, 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 no let me finish. Let me finish telling the story. So, uh, yeah, go on, go on. My what's bad, interesting is that they're using SpaceX's uh, Falcon 9 rocket. That's the one that keeps uh, that's reusable. So there's a bit of technology on you, and uh, basically they want to understand uh, the effects of space flight on uh, animals. 128 baby bobtail squids. Sorry, I have to keep saying bobtail. 128 baby bobtail squids are used as part of the experiment. And they're trying to look for the interaction between microbes and animals. Uh, the squid have an immune system similar to humans. And the NASA experiment says that it could support the development of proactive measures to preserve astronauts' health during long space missions. So uh, basically, they're sending them out to test whether, you know, how, how, how does, I guess, their immune system react over a long span of time? And in the future, perhaps we can extend this to human beings and, you know, maybe send them far, far away. In, in an induced coma or something and you know due to these kind of experiments we know how our bodies should react i mean it's a bit of a stretch but but yeah i, I, I don't know do, do you know Giants, what Steve, yeah, I, go on. I, I feel like our podcast is so fucking random because we started off talking about our favorite chocolates and now we're talking <laughs> about fucking squids in space this just makes like my mm. brain isn't able to comprehend this sudden change in tone but um let, let, let me try to adjust myself here and act right, let, let me give yeah. pose a question do you agree with hmm. testing animals in space? I mean, I think I've I've said this before. It's it's a bit of a, I mean, it's a bit of a strange one for me because mm. I, I I understand that like it, it has to be done in a way if we want to kind of advance. But at the same mm. time, I I do a part of me does feel badly with any kind of animal experimentation. But I feel like at the moment we don't have a better alternative. Mm. And so it's kind of like a necessary evil, although it's not something that I particularly like. I mean, if I could avoid it, I would, but... But is it a bad know. thing? I mean, does the animal really care? As long as it's got its food uh, and its well, stuff. Yeah, I mean, I guess. I, I, I think, you know, when they say like, um, oh, let's send a monkey to space or a dog to space, I feel like there's... I don't know. I don't know if there's more like aware of their surroundings mm. potentially. Yeah, probably. So you might think specific to the space situation that like, oh, well, they're in a cramped rocket, small space, they can't... but. Again, I don't really know how big these octopus are. If they're small, like microscopic things, then they might not, you know. Yeah, they might give a shit, really, if I'm being yeah. honest. Uh, <laughs> I don't think they give a yeah, shit. Yeah, like, like, no, 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 Cab, who gives a crap? If they're microscopic, like, you know, they, whether they're here or they're in space, it doesn't they're really matter. They're not really life. I mean, they are, they're alive, but, you know, who, who cares, right? Let's like, be honest. So, let's be honest. Yeah, let's be honest. Who gives a shit? So, um, in that sense, no. I mean, uh, with this particular instance, I wouldn't really mind. But I do feel bad for like, wasn't it? Did they send up a dog? Or they a, sent a, a dog. Chimp? Yeah, yeah was I, think, a dog? I, I think the dog also died. It was a Russian. Um, yeah, it was a Russian thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Like I felt bad. I always felt for, bad for that dog. I always thought, you know, that's sad. Um, but you know, it is what it is. I guess. I guess in the long term, we will find out a lot of really useful information. So, like what you said about potentially mm. putting them into like an induced coma and then waking them up later on, that could be a massive like. If we could figure out how to do that with a human body, obviously we'll need to mm. years worth of research to be able to get to that yeah, point. Exactly, yeah. If we were able to do that, right, 
that could solve like the space travel dilemma for humans. It could help, yeah, in the future. Yeah, on a biological from a biological standpoint, like how do you ensure that human beings are able to survive the duration of the journey and then actually be, you know, when they wake up or when they get to wherever they're going, actually be able to function. So it's no good if I send the guy to Mars, it takes like I don't know four years. And the guy's like 80 years old by the time he gets there. He can't do exactly, that. Right? Yeah. Yeah, but if, you, if we could find that out with this, that would be, be massive. That would be huge. Mm. Well, maybe we can uh, digress a little bit and keep on the dog. So the dog itself, the Russian dog that was tested, was called Laika. And she, oh, okay. she has a very interesting actually story. I don't know if you know her story, but I can go through it. Yeah, go, so, on, go on. Laika the dog was a Soviet space dog who became one of the first animals to orbit the Earth. Laika was a stray mongrel. <laughs> they found her on the streets of Moscow. So they picked up Laika. You know, this this nothing dog, you know, was probably okay. going to starve to death. Selected her, trained her, like for the, the full training to become the first like dog astronaut, and then sent her to space. I mean, like, what a come what a come up story. You know what I mean? F- forget all of these guys, forget Mayweather. Uh, I'm looking up that Laika the dog. Started from the bottom, now we're here. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, um, so you're telling me <laughs> the USSR said the only thing you can lose are your are your shackles. Come here, Mongol dog, and uh, die for Mother Russia. And uh... <laughs> exactly, capitalism has nothing on us. Money means nothing. We do it for Mother Russia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know if you could hear that that song that I played there, but I'll put it in the background anyway. But uh, yeah, no, it's interesting. Uh, it, it, you know what's interesting? I find is the human-animal relationship that we've had throughout time. I mean... Yeah, definitely, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, even now, we st- police dogs are still being used. I mean, horses, not so much. But, you know, we still have an affinity. It's more now, now, it seems like it's a more of a social thing. Where, bro, like, have dogs... you ever seen a police dog in action? I have, I have. It's scary, Like, bro. in action, bro, it's, it's, scary. it's insane. Like, they, it doesn't move. Like, in my head, how a dog should move, it doesn't move like that. So, basically, on my road, um, I came home, parked my car up. It's late at night. I see loads of people just lined up, up and down the road. And what was very interesting was, you see the streetlights on my road? Because uh, I live on a side road, but I do yeah, have streetlights. Yeah. They were all turned off. I don't know if this was something that like mm. the, the SWAT team or whatever they specifically asked for. But like, in essence, it looked like SWAT, right? They had like guns and everything. They yeah, were on my road. That's, that's, yeah. And it, this was at like near midnight. And um, yeah, they had like police dogs. And this dog, the way it would like jump into everyone's front like patio in front of their house mm. sniff around like systematically then jump out then go into the next one sniff around and jump back out it did bro i was just like yo that's insane because i've got a dog myself yeah yeah I, i'm thinking my you're not a dog bro like that's a dog you know what i mean the way it was sniffing around yeah it, i was just like like you can tell it's that's his job that's his do function you, do you think they know it's a job or do you think they're in their mind they're playing a game no, I think like obviously they get conditioned and trained, so it's like they use I think positive reinforcement. Um, I'm not sure if if right now they'll be allowed to use negative reinforcement, mm. but it's basically if if you get this particular scent and you pick it out for me, you'll get a treat. So eventually right, the right. dog learns that treat. If I get that smell and I point it out, then I'll get a treat. So it's a reinforced behavior. I think that's how they train them anyway. But like watching it is insane and it's kind of strange and. I don't know if it's cool. I don't know if I would call it cool, but it is interesting how like us as humans, how we've developed, as you said, that relationship with dogs mm. and then how we've managed to train what was once a wolf to do yeah. stuff like that, like find cocaine. Like, <laughs> What animal could have done that other than a human being? Like to just go up to another animal and be like, you know what? I'll look after you, but you got to find cocaine for me. Like, yeah, that's so true. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I it's mean, insane. As in, I was watching a video of a guy who he was living like with a, a basically a, I think it was a tribe in South Africa. Mm. They kind of still they they, they don't want to get involved in society and they live the, the same way that they've been living for a long time. And basically, they have dogs to help them hunt. And this man yeah. was following them on the hunt. It was so it was insane. He had a a GoPro on, so it was all first person. And you mm. see the dogs running after the animal and like how they understand when it's time to run. Do you know what I mean? They know when it when they're stalking, but also they know automatically when it's time to run. It's without like giving away the human position. It's insane. Bro, really, this is this really is why up. this is why I feel a bit off about animal testing specifically regarding dogs. Mm. Because bro, they just they're too smart, man. They're too smart. 
They're too small because you can't teach that to a, to like many of our like some animals you might be able to right if you if you theoretically could domesticate them over a period of time you could exactly, maybe teach yeah. them but there's a lot of animals which you just couldn't even teach that to like it would just wouldn't be possible like crows I know they're mad smart. Do you know what I mean? Like pigs, yeah, yeah, Stephen. Yeah. Although you claim they weren't, are apparently very they're, they're smart. They're not. As well. as, they're not as smart as a tiger. I'm sorry, we're not going back to this. Uh, okay, we're, okay, we we won't have that conversation again. We're gonna have that conversation again. But like, like, like you said, it's so interesting how we yeah. manage to do that. But then also, like you see, I like how you see the range of intelligence amongst dogs as well. Like, because my dog's not that smart, but then <laughs> there's these other dogs that can do really high precision mm-hmm. stuff. Um, I wonder. I wonder. You know, if if going forward there'll ever be a case of we domesticate a brand new animal so like you know how there's cats yeah domesticated cats i think cats came before dogs or did dogs come before cats cats were first i reckon i think cats were first i could be wrong though i'm not an anthropologist or whatever they're called um so i don't know what the human react relationship with animals are historically but you know like there must have been a time where people hadn't domesticated dogs and then someone just turned up with a wolf and said, so, yeah, this wolf lives mad. with me. Do you know how like, mad that is? Like, do you see who, what I'm saying? Case did that. Like, yeah, remember it's, that, it's yeah. like the first guy to milk a cow. Like, what was going on there, right? What yeah, we all know what was going on there. <laughs> Some we all know. Pervert. <laughs> Some pervert furry. Um, but the so dog like, one's I, mad. The dog one's mad. Like, someone actually went into a wolf's den and was like, you know what? I'm taking the babies. This is what I'm saying. So, like, do you think there'll ever be a period where we just randomly decide... Like in mm. a thousand, two thousand years from now, will people have domesticated another animal that we maybe today don't consider them domesticatable? I don't think so because I feel like we're now reliant a lot on machines, and that's mm. kind of taken the role of animals for now. Unless we like have another dark age where we go backwards in time and you know we forget our technology, I don't see it happening. Bro, <laughs> this is going to be so random again. Another random topic change. Greta Thunberg. So I saw the. Okay, wait. Mm-hmm. I just want to clarify. I don't know if this is actually true, right? But I was on TikTok and I saw this like uh, post which was saying how a blogger who has a bit of clout was claiming that Greta Thunberg is writing letters to Fyodor Kaczynski, the Unabomber, uh, uh, saying that, you know, she actually liked some of his writings. And if you don't know who Fyodor Kaczynski is, um, he's a guy who was mailing out uh, basically, in essence, bombs to, to people. Uh, who he deemed were kind of mm. uh, adding to the industrialization of our of our society, and how you know he, he didn't like that. Basically, he he didn't like that machines were taking over and yeah. they were controlling different facets of our life. And he was kind of like a, I mean, I don't know if he if he was an eco terrorist or if he if he was just like a guy who was just mentally insane who then took up the moniker. But I don't know. Yeah, but he was a genius, basically. He actually <laughs> was a genius, like a certified genius. He got done for his crimes, and now he's up locked up forever. But like, I feel like we talk about this a lot, but we are moving in that direction. And there are people now, especially a weird subset on TikTok, who are kind of like, well, actually, you know, Theodore did make some good points. <laughs> uh, God help. I mean, what, what, what's your thoughts on that? Like, are you, I, I mean, we, I feel like we've talked this, about this a million times. But what's your thoughts on like the growing dependency that we do have on, um, on machines and like I, I, it does kind of make me sad when you put it like that and you say oh we won't domest- like we won't try to domesticate another animal because i feel like the age of man discovering things here on the planet discovering stuff rather than making stuff from machines and stuff is kind of mm. gone yeah no no but well we're still discovering I, I i don't know i feel like every generation will look back at the previous one and be like oh it was you know back then like it was better always, then. It, yeah it was better than always better than but there's always progress and I feel like mm. the next generation will look at us and be like, look how they used to do it back in the day with, you know, their hard work, knowing that us knowing fully well we're lazy mm. as shit. But um, it's just... Do- I think Doja Cat, it. Justin Bieber. That was real music. That, oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but God. yeah, no, I do feel that way. But on, on the note of Greta Thunberg, pagan, don't like it anymore. No, she's, <laughs> she's, I'm sorry, I need to, I need to point out the uh, double standards. So she's yeah, out here, you know, protesting about me using a straw. Meanwhile, okay. when she gets pressed on the Palestine-Israel thing, no comments. Get out of it. That man. was very sus. I Suspect. didn't like that. I right, the it. thing is, I'm I would have respected it more, regardless of who she said she was siding with. But at least she would have given her opinion. You can't be someone who's so outspoken about everything, especially with regards to like morality and ethics and stuff like that. And then the biggest ethical issue of modern era 
you know, gets posed to you as a question and you, you say no comment. It's not even no comment. I mean, she says something like ridiculous, like as, as if it was like an equal fight or something along those lines. But, um, you know, I'll find it. You keep commenting on, on what do you think about the straw stuff? Like the straw stuff, you know what? Look, I'll say, I've said it, I've said it before in person to you, but I'll, I'll say it here on the podcast, just, just on record. You know what I mean? I feel like uh, this whole thing of putting the blame on individuals for the climate crisis is just so, like, it's so sinister. You know, you've got these petroleum companies who initially were started off all of this kind of uh, these issues, including. Uh, Actually, no, I'm not going to give a name of a company. That might, that might get us in trouble. But like yeah, yeah. these companies, major companies, which kind of brought out this whole carbon footprint thing because they wanted to shift the narrative in a way where they didn't have to take the blame and they could push it onto individual people. So while I think, okay, yeah, it might not be a bad idea to actually recycle our trash because, you know, you don't want it to be stuck in a, the turtle's nose or whatever. But at the same time, I feel like we we as individuals aren't responsible for the climate crisis. It's more of a a thing that big corporations which are dumping their toxic waste into the oceans, which are drilling into the core of the earth mm. that need to actually make changes in uh, so that we can, we can sort this issue out. I feel like they're pushing the blame on regular people. Whereas it's big companies that are at fault. No, I agree. I, I articulated myself well there, but that's yeah, my general view. No, I agree with you. I think they, uh, this is my perspective is that a lot of the pressure is on people, but I don't see the same kind of real pressure on big companies like yeah absolutely I, it like real the case, pressure. Isn't it? i mean like real pressure as in like what we're experiencing i mean you know the straw thing is a joke but actually we, we're, we're drinking out of let's be honest rubbish uh, cardboard straws let's be honest guys but meanwhile you know the cardboard eon, straws oh eon the energy companies telling us oh you know it's your fault you know reduce your energy footprint and they're the ones like producing the energy they're the ones not like diversifying their their energy production so I don't know. It's a bit, yeah, it's a bit fugazi. But anyway, back onto the Greta thing, just to un, not unquote, not quote uh, incorrectly, but she said, to be crystal clear, I'm not against Israel or Palestine. Needlessly to say, I'm not against any form of violence and oppression. Like, j- no, that's what I mean. That's basically her saying no comment. You see this, yeah? This is why I, I'm sorry. I, I used to classify myself as a left, uh, left wing person. And I, at the heart, I do. But this is when I talk about like liberals with like limited conscience. Do you know what I mean? They have such yeah. specific consciousness. And I feel like it's like, oh, you know, whatever's been socialized into them, they're conscious about that. But when it comes to, you know, a kid dying in Yemen or some some guy, you know, families getting blown up in Palestine because it's like controversial and they can't think for themselves, they have to be like, oh, no, I'm neutral. And then like you have no consistent eth- ethical standpoint. Greta, don't yeah, no, come to I, me and I tell absolutely me. Agree with you. Yeah, don't come to me and tell me, oh yeah, you're all like evil and going to hell because you use a, you know what I mean, you use a plastic straw once by accident. And then meanwhile, <laughs> when you get pressed on on a serious issue where like people are being bombed to hell, you're like, ah, you know what? I'm not against either. Yo, sh- sh- should I tell you something, Steve? I'll be honest with you, I don't give a flaming fuck what Greta Thunberg has yeah. to say. She's a child. I don't care <laughs> what the fuck she says about anything. But yeah, yeah. um, yeah, no, I do agree with you. Like I I it, that's why I say, look, if you're going to give me a label in terms of my my politics, I'd rather you call me a communist than you call me a liberal mm-hmm. because I don't agree with these guys. Like, I, re- I actually, I, dis- I actively dislike the political stance that liberals take on stuff yeah. because, it, like you said, it's it's a very wishy-washy, you know, it's not, it's not like a, a consistent ethical standpoint on anything. It's anything that kind of, requires an actual input like you need to actually give your opinion on this they always seem to kind of crumble behind it and uh, let's be honest like we know which types of demographics would be considered like liberal right Mm -hmm. it's these people who are mostly i don't know middle class who come from relatively okay backgrounds who go to university and for for a couple years cosplay a communist you know i mean that's (laughs) that's basically who they are and they don't really like at the end of the day if the conservatives win or if Labour wins or if, which one can argue is the same thing, but you know, if one of these parties win and they bring through a policy, most of the time they know that it's not really going to affect them. And so they don't really, you know, they don't have anything riding on it is my opinion. Exactly. Yeah. And which is why they're so wishy-washy. Like I was telling you the other day, um, you see Colby Covington, the Covington, Covington, I don't know his name, but he's a UFC fighter, right? And he was this really super MAGA guy. 
I believe he's doing it for to be a, to be the heel of the UFC because mm. they told him, oh, if you don't basically make make stuff more entertaining, we're gonna cut your contract. And suddenly this guy comes out and he's been super maga, super right wing. Yeah, yeah. But weirdly enough, I don't dislike him mm. because. There's moments where he comments on stuff where, for example, he said that Dustin Poirier, which is another fighter who beat Conor McGregor recently, he's saying that he, he's he got a clip of him where he's beating up a kid who hasn't properly trained, isn't really a professional, and he's showboating about beating this kid. And you can see that he's genuinely angry and incensed about it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know what? I like him because at least he's being sincere about his emotions. Morally consistent. This is what I like. He's morally you. consistent. I respect yeah. that. I can't. I can't respect someone who, like... Greta Thunberg turns around and says, oh, you know, save the turtles. Well, what about the kids in Palestine? You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, yeah, fuck yeah. them kids. She doesn't, she doesn't care. Know, it's, it's easy now to say, you know, uh, are we against apartheid in South Africa, Africa after the fact? But I'm telling you, man, during that time, she wouldn't be saying that. Bro, be, like, the Tory party who, who, who David Cameron was the uh, you know, leader of, uh, David Cameron himself was handing out flyers saying hang Nelson Mandela. But then the same party yeah. was tweeting their condolences for when Nelson Mandela passed away. This is the reality of the situation. This isn't something that just the Tories do. This is something that, as we just said, the Liberals do as well. It, mm-hmm. It's so wishy-washy. I hate it. Talking about South Africa, Bishop Desmond Tutu once said, mm-hmm. if you're neutral in situations of injustice, you have chosen the side of the oppressor. Always remember Facts. that one. Facts, that's, a, that, that's a factual statement. I absolutely agree. I really don't know how the fuck we came onto this topic from where we started. I don't know, but I'm loving it. You know this podcast? <laughs> I'm I'm feeling it, bruv. I this might this it. might be our new format. I don't know, but, but let's see. Um, but yeah, I'm talking about Colvery Covington. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, sorry. Is is the whole point just to reiterate? Like we don't necessarily we don't agree. I, I definitely don't agree with any of Trump's uh, views. Let's be honest. Oh, absolutely not. No, no. But when people have like a consistent kind of moral standpoint. Be it you, even if you don't agree, you can't tell them necessarily that they're wrong. It's just that their standpoint is different. Do you, do you understand what I mean? Like, I don't agree with you. I don't think that I think, should be implemented. Yeah. But they're consistent throughout. Yeah, no, I agree. I think, um, you know what? The older I get and the more like I, I just see of the world, mm. I realize that you can't ever say to someone, you are wrong in your opinion of how things should be run. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Because at the end of the day, you don't agree with me. I think what you're saying is stupid beyond belief. But it's your belief, right? I can't tell you no. This, you know, you're wrong. I'm right. Because it's not even. Who am I to say I'm right? Like, like there, there are some things where it's like obviously, if you're against yeah, human rights, yeah, it's something stupid. I mean, I'm not. You know, I'm. I'm yeah. not talking about those things. We're but. not talking about those things. But when when people have a stance on, let's say, an immigration policy, right? Mm. For example, if, if if they want to implement the Canadian, uh, not Canadian, the Australian, Australian process yeah. or whatever process or more open liberal process. Like if someone told me, yeah, I want the Australian one, you can't really, you know what I mean? You can't, you can't disprove him because this is an, is an opinion like based on how things should be run, not what, what is the truth. So yeah, I, at the end of the day, look, I can say yeah. I think you're wrong, and here's my reasons as to why I think you're wrong. But I'm not going to sit here and say that I am 100% absolutely yeah. right. I am exactly. the ultimate decider of what is right. And so you put it perfectly. As long as someone's consistent, consistent with the ethical standpoint, consistent with their ideology, consistent with the way that they look at the world, I I might not agree with it, but I can respect that that is your opinion. You're not wishy washy. Yeah, exactly. You're not going to sit here and sit on the fence. You know what it is you think is right. And I can respect that. Mm. There's no problem in that. It's okay to have a differing opinion. Exactly. And I feel like in this world, we're, we're, I don't know, it's kind of really polarized and people are having their opinion, especially on that that left that we're talking about. Yeah. It's either you're our way or you're the highway. Do you know what I mean? Mm. There is no debate where like you can, you know, say, oh, well, you know, I don't necessarily agree with this stance. If you don't agree with the whole package, you're out, <laughs> which is ridiculous in my opinion. Yeah. It's like, like you, you're basically being a dictator on the left what you want to call the left nowadays you know that segment um but anyway let's move on uh i guess to some more british news and a bit of a sad one to be honest so uh dear john reed uh the boy in birmingham he was uh, stabbed to death and it was like uh, there was unfortunately a racial undertone beforehand i believe he got mm-hmm. called the n-word beforehand and there was a several racist events with the same people uh in the end it of course it's not even his fault but he, he was stabbed to death. And um, you, you know why I, like, I wanted to bring this up? And you brought it up during the, uh, the 
extra podcast uh, last week about, you know, do you support the England thing or not? And also at the same weekend, when the England team, you know, took the knee, there were boos. Mm. I'm just like, where is this country heading? Do you know what I mean? Are people blind? Like literally the same weekend, a kid got stabbed, you know, a black kid from Birmingham. Oh, and it was clearly a racial, a racially charged thing. That same weekend, you have the audacity just boo when when players are taking the knee. Do you know what I mean? I don't understand it. I don't, it really incenses me sometimes when I think about this country. I'm like, for what? Yeah, I think I think we should take two approaches to this, right? So the first is, but personally, I'm I'm tired of arguing if there is or isn't racism. Like in my, in my opinion, it, there absolutely is. And at this point, bro. if you feel like there isn't, then you know what like at this point if you still argue that no no there is no race then it's like what what can i say to you how can we get through to someone like that I, i'm tired i'm not going to be the one who sits here and tries to lecture you and teach you about life right fuck you okay i, I don't care fuck you and you know exactly. just wallowing your misery and your negative outlook in life i don't care okay you can piss right off secondly i just want to point something out the men that killed the men that killed this boy were around like 35 or something, and there was a couple of them. Yeah. These were grown adults. And people are saying, oh, gang, gang, all of this. Let me tell you something, yeah? If you are over the age of 20 and you're still involved in gang activity, I'm putting quotation marks on it, you're a fucking loser. You're a loser. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. You're a fucking loser. What are you doing as a grown man who's 35 years old <laughs> running down a 14-year-old child and taking his life? You're a fucking loser. What crazy. do you think that makes you bad? Because you've killed you've killed a child. Crazy, You're a fucking crazy. loser. That's what like I don't understand the obsession we have. And I and I said, mm, like, I'll be mm. honest with you. Like, you know, I, I don't agree that you know drill music is the reason people are stabbing one another. Like, yeah, obviously, yeah. it's deeper than that, right? Yeah. But yeah. we do have to, I do have to point out that there is this weird obsession with like gang life. We do have it's it. Perpetuated yeah, through music and through media. And it's, mm-hmm. you're a fucking loser. You're not a bad man. You're not fucking Pablo Escobar because you're 35 and getting 13, 14 year olds to sell weed for you. You are mm-hmm. a loser. That's it. You know, the guy who goes to work and actually has a, a legitimate job to provide for his family, in my eyes, that's, that's, that's well, the that's bad boy fire, there. Bro. That's a, that's bad a man. Yeah. Do you understand? Yeah. That's a man who provides for his family, provides for his loved ones. You're a fucking loser. You're going out there. Uh, threatening little kids getting children to sell drugs for you and you think you're bad you're a fucking loser that's it mm-hmm. you're a loser I don't like me yeah, it's true, as, as left wing as I may as I may be that does not mean that I, I have a soft stance when it comes to stuff like if it was my way bro the bro, sentencing like, I would give you my yeah, God, yeah. Your, your grandchildren feel feel those jail cells doors closing <laughs> on you like you're a fucking loser. That made me so angry reading that. Mm-hmm. Grown, what are you doing? You know what's well, you know what's worse though? Because like I think we've been through we talked about this, but like we grew up in areas where you know I mean it wasn't unusual, like we know about gangs and stuff like that. Like it was not an un- unusual thing. But like the more yeah, I absolutely. grow up, like I, I do understand that at a younger age, and obviously that's where the problems start. But there's a point, you know, because we all came from that kind of pot of people. They say like lower class, working class people. That's where usually these gangs, uh, kids come out of. Like, there's a point where you're an adult now, and like you have to make a life for yourself. Do you know what I mean? Doesn't matter what yeah. cards you've been dealt. Like, fam, the reality is you and me much. got dealt it's terrible cards as well. Like, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I don't want to be one of those people who are very dismissive of the situation. I understand that it is a, a societal level change that needs to come to kind of fight crime and everything. I get that, but. You know, after a certain point, you're just like, yeah, you, you got to take it. No matter how bad I had it, like, mm. you know, we we got dealt shit cards as well, right? And let me put Again, it this way: yeah, there's people dealt shitter cards, and and they've made some. Tell you know I me, mean? they did something good, e- yeah. even like throughout their lives, they get being dealt shit cards. I'm not saying the comparison. Bro, we just talked about Lila or Lula, the dog who went to space, bro. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, what are you, <laughs> you doing, bro? Big up like, Lula, the dog, on, man. <laughs> A Mongol off the streets of Moscow went to space and you're talking about, no, I got Del shit. Like, I understand. I'm not trying to be dismissive at all. That's not my intention. But like, if you're 35 and running down a 14-year-old, at some Too point, much. you got to think to yourself, I- I'm old enough to have a child this age. Exactly. Yeah. Like, when I'm walking 14, down the street, like, Aaron, I, someone 14. tried to rob me. You know, you know, um, like, I, when I used to work at, I used to work at a pharmacy, right? And mm-hmm. as I left the pharmacy, there was a, like, I think the guy was like, the kid was like 14 or something. Yeah, yeah. Tried to rob me, right? So he said to me, Oi, what are you doing? Uh, like, can, let me chat to you for a second. 
<laughs> I just looked at him, yeah. He's a skinny little kid, 14 years old. And he had the, the, another friend of his on a bike trying to look menacing behind him. And they're both skinny little kids, like. Mm-mm. I just looked at him and I said, fuck off. And I just walked away. Because <laughs> I'm like, you're a child. I can't yeah, take yeah. you seriously. You're a fucking infant. And I wasn't even that much older than them at the point. But I'm like, you are a child. I just felt... I just feel like ridiculous even yeah, talking yeah, like to you're, like You moment. feel offended that he approached you, don't Bro, you? Bro, I'm not going to lie. I almost I almost went like, I, I was like, nah, I'm actually going to lose it. You you think you can rob me? Like, that's insane. But um, yeah, like when I looked at it, I was like, you're a child. Like, what the fuck are you doing? And I just walked off. I was like, fuck off. And I just walked off. And he mm. didn't do nothing. He Obviously, couldn't. Yeah, he so when I see a news story like that, I'm just like, you're a grown man, you fucking loser. 35. But bro, he was 14. His mum... His mum spoke about the incident and she was like, she just, she gave her son the ball to go play football in the park. How sick in the head, of, like a 14 year old go and play football and you stab him to death. A group of 35 year old men. Plus on top of that, you know, the series of racist abuse beforehand, it stinks, bruv. And what, what gets me is that I don't feel like there's been enough fuss about this. Do you know what I mean? There hasn't I mean, been I, any I've, I've just seen I've just seen a news article. I accidentally skipped past it and I can't find it, but it basically said that a family of five who were in a car were hit by another car on purpose. Four of them were killed, uh, and only one nine-year-old survived. That's sad. And only one, yeah, and only one nine-year-old survived. And the police have issued a statement saying that it was a racially motivated attack and it was because they were Muslim that the other person hit them with a the car. And so he's been charged with four counts of murder, yeah. one count of uh, attempted murder. But I, like I said, I just skipped past the article by accident. So I don't know if it was here, if it was in America, if it was in France, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, if I can find the article, I'm trying to find it. I'll tell you more about it. But but you know, you know, what, you know what gets where me? We going, you know, some man? people use it when it comes to this one, which uh, thank you for saying it. They say, oh, but Islamophobia ain't racism, as if that makes it better. What people don't don't understand, though, and this happens all the time, as soon as there's an Islamophobic attack, who gets the first attack? The Sikhs. (laughs) Bro, come on. Which is hilarious. So so really unpack it now, really unpack it. Now, what is it really about? Do you know what I mean? What is it really about? We all know what it's about, bruv. When they say Islamophobia, bro, they're looking just to attack brown people. Do you know what I mean? Of that Mm. ethnic kind of group. Bro, if they saw you, Eric, because we know you're not like from the Islamic background, right? Yeah. You're totally, your culture is totally different. If they saw you and they see me, they, they're going to treat us the same way. Do you know what I mean? They're gonna, bro, bro, I, I look so like absolutely Muslim. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't, yeah. don't want to stereotype myself, but I look really Muslim. Like, I look this very Middle This is my point. Eastern, like, when so. people say it's not a racial thing, it's still connected. When people do yeah, these bro, attacks, it's not like Muslims care. wear a w- Muslims wear like a, a fucking you know a chain around their neck that says I am Muslim. Exactly. Yeah. Like yeah, sure, maybe women wear hijabs and everything, but for us men, you know, it's, it's how we look on the outside that determines whether or not that person thinks we're Muslim. Even if it was an Islamophobic attack, which I think is still a racist attack anyway. But let's say you classify them as different things, it wouldn't really matter, right? Because the person's just looking at you and making an assumption because yeah. of the way you look. Exactly. Also, I um, have found the article. So this is, was published by AJ Plus. Uh, a family of five struck by a vehicle in London, Ontario, were likely intentionally targeted because they were Muslim, say police. Four members of the family were killed. A nine-year-old child survived. A 20-year-old man has been charged with four counts of murder and one count of attempted murder. Crazy. This was in London, Ontario. So in Canada. Um, yeah. <sighs> Bro, these, these yeah. people just deserve the worst sentences. You know, when it comes from malice like that, the worst, just mm. for the book at them, bro. There's no point. Like, there's no rehabilitation. Lives, like, in my eyes, you're basically a serial killer, spree killer, or whatever. Like, you've killed four people. It's, yeah. That I nine mean, year old now doesn't have the entire family. That's insane. And again, it, another attack that happened in Bristol, you know, when the BLM stuff happened. Like, uh, um, a nurse walking home, you know what I mean? He, he's looking after the sick people, probably maybe even like family members he's looked after of the attackers. Racists are running over, and as they're running away, shouting the N word. Come on, man. How much more evidence do you want? Do you know what I mean like now? Nah, but if you if you kneel, as Nigel Farage said today, you're trying to push a, a communist uh, agenda against yeah, the nation. So that, that's why, yeah, because because uh, Jordan Henderson really read Das Kapital, so he knows exactly what's going on, and he wants to take <laughs> the knickers of that. Thank you, thank you for your input, Nigel Farage. You fucking toad-looking motherfucker. Fuck you. <laughs> Anyways, <is> anyway, <laughs> I feel like you know what we touched the serious stuff, and we had to touch it because we, you know, it's it's something that I think like. In Britain, we need to acknowledge, and at least on this podcast, you know, we, we cover with truth. 
you know, you might not like it or whatever, but at least we cover it with our hearts. So you, you hear what we think. Mm. Um, but uh, England, let's get back on the England trip. Is it coming oh, over? No, no, Steve, Steven, Steven, yeah, go on. Steven. That can be a bonus episode because oh, we're okay. running out of time and yeah, we yeah. still need to do VRP movie corner. Mm. Do you remember what movie? Okay, so we're going to talk about the England stuff in the ex- in the extra episode, extra, in the bonus okay. episode. Let's do it. So the movie that we are reviewing today is called Super Shut Up Crime. It's a James Gunn movie. It's the, I believe it's the first like uh, superhero movie done. I could be wrong. Mm, um, I think so. Did you is, watch yeah. it, Steve? I watched the entire thing. Yep. Finally, and, um... finally. <laughs> you know what, Aaron? I give it to you. This one was a good one. I liked it. It was a good movie, right? This this one was actually legit. It was um so the guy who who di- I think directed it was uh, basically Dwight for the layman who don't know about no uh, no no he isn't Dwight he, oh is it not Dwight no no okay. it's not Dwight so let me give a little bit of uh, this is a bit of trivia yeah go on, you're, getting go on. From, you're getting from VRP so okay. James Gunn used to be married to Pam from The Office okay James Gunn is the same what? director yeah he, he no. directed yeah exactly he directed um, Guardians of the Galaxy so it's the same guy. Uh, and now he's directing Suicide Squad, the new movie that's coming out. He was married to Jenna Fisher, right? And Jenna Fisher, obviously, uh, you know, was a co-star of um, Dwight from The Office. And I'm mm. so upset that I can't remember his name at the moment because I really like that actor himself. Um, but in essence, what's happened is he sent a copy of the script for Super to his wife to just have a read through, you know, t- tell him what he thinks. Mm. She's read it, loved the script and said to Dwight, do you want to play this role? Oh, wow. <laughs> and so through the office connection that James Gunn has, he managed to get him into that role. Nice. Uh, and that's how the movie, you know, kind of got kind of got going. Mm. Uh, let, let's talk about the movie a little bit. W- w- when you watched it, what was the vibe you got? Because I, I know what vibe I got, but what was the vibe you got? You, you remember the, the other film you put up uh, that we watched, the one with the spider? Yeah. And it had that indie feel, uh, feel to it. Yes. But it, for me, it was the wrong end of indie. It was a try-hard indie. Mm. Now this this film, I also got the indie feel from it, but I I felt like it was on the right side of indie. This is how you yeah. do indie films, where it's like it seemed kind of low budget. Let's be honest. Yeah, but yeah, it was definitely. perfect. But it was absolutely perfect. Like the character Dwight, I don't know, I forgot the the character in the film. Rain Wilson, that's it. For fuck, I can't believe Rain, Rain Wilson. Rain Wilson yeah. plays the superhero character absolutely perfectly. Basically, for people, you know, spoiler alert. The superhero is basically um, a dude who gets cheated on. His wife is a drug addict. Uh, she gets taken by a drug dealer. And basically, he's, he's a complete loser and decides to be a superhero. Learns how to be essentially a budget Batman and then goes yeah. and saves his wife from the drug dealer. But the yeah. you know the whole story in between was really good. The people he meets, the sub-characters I really liked. Uh, the girl as well, the uh, his sidekick, she was really yeah, good Yeah, she was as well. played by Ellen Page, who's now Elliot Page. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was yeah. Ellen Page during that, that period of the, the, the film. She, I thought she was great in it. I she was really, really good. good. Yeah. yeah, and uh, you know, here's another little tidbit you might not have, might not have realized. Um, so you see the, the, the villain is played by um, Kevin Bacon, who obviously mm. played the main villain in uh, X-Men First Class. Yeah, he, he he was opposite, you know, Michael Fassbender's uh, Magneto. So that's a Marvel connection there. But there's another Marvel connection, which is uh, you see the henchmen that are with Kevin Bacon's oh, yeah. character. Yeah, uh, they also he he recruited them both. One of them is his brother. Okay. Oh wow! Okay. Uh, yeah, and the other one, the one who looks like Sam Smith, is his brother. I've forgotten his name. He's, I'm assuming his surname is also Gunn because they're brothers. But um, also. Um, Yondu is in that movie. He's played by Charlie Brooker, I think his name is. Uh, but yeah, so he he literally took those two guys and put them into his next movie, which was got. Well, Guessing it's Guardians of the Galaxy or his next yeah, superhero yeah. movie, which oh, is wow, Guardians wow. of the Galaxy. So you got you got a bit of a Marvel connection there. There we go. Um, I it's wonder if Wilson will maybe have it's a, a maybe it's a multiverse, Aaron. Maybe yeah, we'll see yeah, him again. Yeah, Gunsverse. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, <laughs> but me personally, I really like the movie. Uh, it really portrayed. I got the vibe of a kind of the boys invincible sort of vibe mm. where it's like a kind of more real watchmen kind of more realistic version of if there was a real life superhero like kick ass, mm-hmm. what would it be like? Right. So mm. it would be a guy who mentally wasn't all there. Cause in this, we see that rain Wilson's character, he kind of, he kind of, he says, Oh, I always heard voices. 
right? So he he said, I heard a voice when I first met my wife, which said, yeah. marry her. Yeah, and yeah. then he has like these visions of like <laughs> of Jesus, Jesus or stuff, whatever, yeah. like tentacle God or something, planting an idea in his brain to say, yeah, go become a superhero. So yeah, he obviously does have some mental issues there. And, you know, he decides, yeah, I'm going to make myself this outfit. And it's kind of funny because initially he doesn't really have a weapon. And obviously people just beat him up, right? Because he's not the most yeah, athletic guy. Funny. Yeah. But then when he gets the the, the wrench, the, the wrench is like, it's so funny because it, it escalates as it would in real life, right? Is somebody who starts doing outlandish stuff like that would always escalate it. Mm. So he starts off by beating up a drug dealer, which you're thinking, all right, fine. Then, you know, a rapist, fine. Go ahead, beat him up. No one cares. But then he basically <laughs> just <laughs> semi, I think he kills or maybe like maims. Yeah, two memes, people yeah. who cut in line and he's like you don't cut in line and he just <laughs> smacks them in the head he's like, there's a couple things you don't do rape murder cutting in line <laughs> yeah yeah you see at the very end where he kills kevin bacon's character yeah the drug dealer i actually found that scene very powerful because he the mm. way rain wilson does his acting there where he's just like screaming and you can yeah. really feel his emotion. like he's so incensed he's like you don't do that and he just smash it like you know I really like that scene. And I really like the movie as a whole. The one thing that I didn't like was that Ellen Page's character got killed that like that. No, that was a part. She, you, she, like, you know what the part the I didn't like? The mm. horny part where he gets with Ellen Cage. Now, I'm sorry, Aaron. I oh, need yeah, to bring that it up. was so off-putting. That I, was I, so, I need to bring it up. Yeah. Aaron's films have all had <laughs> extra horny elements into it. Now, Bro, guys, you, this you is suggested three. Suspiria. I'm sorry. You, suggest, you can't this say is, shit to me. This is strike three. Please, How is it, bro, bro come on. I'm going to put up a poll on Instagram. Is Aaron horny? No. Now, guys, no. you can vote and please <laughs> let me know. <laughs> no, because uh, like, I feel like that scene, actually, I can't believe that's not the first scene that I mentioned. Made me so uncomffortable. That I didn't like that much. scene. I don't that know. What, like, what was the purpose of that scene? If, if she had tried had to no kiss purpose. him and he said no, it would have been enough. You didn't need to. It was basically yeah. a rape scene. Like, yeah, you, it was. You know what it, I mean? There was no purpose. And this is what, you know, for me, it's going to take it down a notch because of that scene. Yeah, really that, that scene really put me off. Like, otherwise, mm. I would have I would have definitely... Okay, you know what? Let's give our reins. But right. I would have otherwise definitely given it a five. Because I, genu- mm, like, I genuinely five. Really liked it. No, a I five, genuinely- Yeah, for what it was, which was kind of an almost a parody of a superhero mm. film, in my opinion, I thought it was done very well. Like, I, mm. I really, really enjoyed it. But, uh, like I said, the Ellen Page kind of forcing herself onto him scene... And also the fact that she died, I kind of didn't like that. But I guess that's that's what... Yeah, that was a bit of a shock though, yeah. It was a shock. Maybe he'd done it for shock factor. But I thought even the ending was kind of bittersweet, you know, like... Yeah, I wanted him to get the girl. Like, why was he lonely to get the the girl, but at the end, I was like, you know what? He's lonely, but he's a character who his whole life was like, oh, I'm such a loser, I'm lonely. But at the end, he'd kind of accepted loneliness and he was like, I can draw happiness from the fact that... I have made somebody else's is, life good. That is some simping ass tragic stuff, bro. <laughs> it was simpy. Like it was it. very simpy, but I did like the fact that he's able to just be himself and be happy with who he is. So I, in a way, I didn't think it was a sad ending. I thought mm. like it was a tragic comedy kind of, do you know all what right. I mean? Yeah. So um, what was your rating in the end? Yeah. But so for all of those factors that I listed, I'd give it a four. Okay. A I four. brought it down a whole star because of those two, three things that chat was right, right. Mm. Mm-mm. okay for me the ending again was a bit it wasn't it just wasn't satisfying i wanted him to have a proper good ending mm-hmm. i don't want him to be the simp that you know his basically his ex-girlfriend goes and marries another guy anyway she has kids and they will write him letters to say oh thank you and he's just alone and left alone for the rest of his life i i, I don't i didn't want him to have that kind of ending you know it was a bit of a downer um, yeah, but you I wanted would, a happy ending. Innit? I wanted a happy ending. So there was that, and then the scene, the the whatever you want to call it, that scene yeah. with the psychic, that brought it down. So I was going to give it a four, but I think I'm going to give it a three point five. You know okay, what? I'll stick well, with the I'll stick with the four. I'll stick. You with stick with four. four. Okay, cool. Yeah. We'll give it a four star. I, I personally like that. I think it's a sleeper hit. I think people should definitely give this movie a watch. Um, but yeah, four. I think that's a respectable that's score. We're yet to find the movie that we both think is five stars. But like we said, we aren't trying to give basic suggestions, which is like, you know, I'll watch The Godfather. Yeah, we know that's a five. Do you know what I mean? We don't need to suggest that movie. So we're trying to give kind of different stuff that maybe our viewers haven't watched before. So, so what was the film mind, again, just for the viewers? So the movie that we just discussed, which you should have already listened to, watched viewers, is called Super Shut Up Crime. Uh, but Stephen, mm. it's your turn to select a movie. 
Well, th- this week we've obviously we meet up and you've had some. You had an interesting comedy that you know I'll, I'll be pretty interested in watching. So I'll let you have another week this week. So okay, if you yeah, sure. Give it up. So um, one of my favorite comedians, and I don't say this lightly because my, you know, for me, Dave Chappelle, Bill Burr, and this guy are the top three comedians currently working. And his name is Bo Burnham. Uh, he's a musical comic. Uh, and he's, he's very like self-aware, very introspective guy. And he, he basically made a, a stand-up show special for Netflix uh, in his own house. It's just him, no crew, no nothing. He operated the whole thing. And Mm. I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was a fantastic, fantastic special. One of the best ones I've ever watched. And I'm going that far to say that I really, really enjoyed this this special. It had a bit of everything that I liked. Uh, But I don't want to review it now. So, guys, please go and watch Bo Burnham Inside on Netflix. Give it a watch and we'll discuss it next week. Steve obviously hasn't seen it yet, so I'm really interested to see what he thinks about it. But that's the that's the thing for us to watch next week. So Bo Burnham inside. And uh, Steve, should we jump on to the bonus episode now? I think so. Thank you for listening, right. guys. Thank you for listening. And remember, if you sign up to our Patreon, you're not only helping us grow, but you're giving to women's aid, uh, a women's aid charity called Solace. So we'll be giving this year's earnings from Patreon to Solace Women's Aid. Uh, so it's a good cause. So don't be a bastard. Sign up. Uh, Steve, why didn't you say who said having fun and being serious can't go hand in hand? You- that was bloody brilliant.